Welcome to Stumbling Through Work, where educators figure shit out. I'm your host, Jared Huff, and I'm here to explore and share the complexities of our work and to let you know you are not alone. Before we start, though, please follow this podcast and share episodes with others. You can find me on my website, www.jerichhuff.com, where you can find links to my social media and where I share information and tips for educators. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey team, thanks for tuning in today. So I am the type of person that I like to ask for forgiveness, then ask for permission. And those are people that I like to have on my team. Because to me, a leader leads. They make the best of the options that are available to them at that moment, or they have to choose the lesser of two evils. This is a leadership skill. They have to make the best call possible. A leader is someone who manages and directs and not only follows. Although sometimes you do have to follow as a leader, but on my team, I want leaders. I think all management should be like this because my model is everything that we do is what's best for the building. I live by it. That is how I make every decision and choice as a leader. If you have that mindset, that focus, majority of the choices that you make are going to be what's best because your intentions are clear in what you're trying to do. With that mindset, this allows for you to make decisions and choices, which means you don't have to ask for permission. You can just go forward with it. If you have to keep asking me questions, I really ask myself, why are you here? If you're always asking me, then I might as well just do the job myself. And I get it. Sometimes we're scared of making we're scared of making mistakes or making the wrong choices. And I get that. If you're on my team, I'd rather for you to make a choice. I can fix anything as long as someone's not dead. I can fix any paperwork. I can fix anything in the system. I can clean up anything with uh, with a mistake with a family. All of that. I can fix. I can do it all. But waiting around gets nothing done. I am busy. I have things going on. I have lots of schools. I have lots of responsibilities. I'm not always at your available beck and call. So you have to make a decision. Now, when you make these decisions, don't make mistakes on purpose. Don't lie. Don't make up shit for me to have to fix later unnecessarily. Always make the best choice possible. Firstly, how well do you know what you are making the decision on? Do you know your school policies? Do you know your state licensing requirements? Um, Do you know your local health regulations? How informed are you about these things? You can't talk about something that you don't know. Well, technically you can, but it just makes you look like an ass in the end when you don't know what you're talking about. And this is how people just start to make shit up is when they don't know. I can say it's your fault if you don't know. When I started off as a director, I went through all of our codes and I just read them. I took the responsibility. I took the ownership of saying it's no one else's responsibility but mine. It is no one's responsibility to tell me what I didn't know. I have to figure it out for myself. So if you don't know something, it's kind of your fault. 
especially when it's available to you. All I, all you have to do is get online, search your health regulations, your state regulations. I'm sure there's a policy manual at your job. It's your responsibility to learn it. But then you'll turn around and say, well, I didn't know. That is not a leader. That is someone who is asking for permission than actually just doing what needs to get done. Now, I'm not saying don't talk to me. You can always come to me, but I feel like half of the questions that I'm asked sometimes are just base rudimentary questions. When I was a director, one thing that irritated me was watching someone walk back and forth in front of my door, waiting on me if I was in a meeting or having a conversation or on the phone. I'm watching someone paced back and forth, forth and back, up and down, left and right. And I'm thinking, oh, it must be an emergency. Something's wrong. Let me go see what's going on. And then it can just be a really basic question. When I'm like, hey, come in, come in. What's going on? So-and-so has a fever. Should I send them home? Why are you asking me this question? What does policy state? What does regulation state? Oh, do so-and-so, so-and-so. So why are you asking me? What the hell? Do what you have to do. That shit is annoying. And to me, it's weird. I never want to talk to my boss. I don't like talking to my boss. I mean, not like as a person, yes. But I never want to come with questions because to me, it says, I don't know what I'm doing and I need to rely on you. Even when I, as a director, I never wanted to talk to my regional. Like I tried to avoid her at all costs. Like I don't want to talk to you. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, if I'm making the best decisions and choices, that's what I do. I sometimes wonder, do people ask for permission because they don't want to be held accountable for whatever happens? And by them asking says, well, you're kind of aware of the situation. So if something goes wrong, you knew what was happening. I think that is such a cop out. and. I can say for myself, I always try to encourage and create a climate and culture where it's okay to make mistakes. If you're coming to me with so many problems all the time and they're basic questions that you can find yourself, I do look at you side eye. I do look at you and go, hmm, maybe this isn't the job for you. And I will say a lot of the times I'm correct. People end up quitting or leaving because I'm not holding anyone's hand. I need someone to hit the ground running and go. I know everyone is not like me, and I have learned that (laughs) over time. I just don't think that is an excuse to say I don't know or I didn't know how to or I just sat around and waited. Don't just sit around twiddling your thumbs. Do something. Just sitting around and just waiting annoys the shit out of me. In my leadership style, sometimes I am very intentional, meaning I lay everything out specifically how something needs to be done. And when I do that, it's usually because it's attached to something. It's attached to a regulation, a policy. It's a reason why it needs to be done that way. Now. If I say something needs to be done or you need to make a decision, a choice, and I leave it vague, it's because I'm leaving it up to you. And the reason why is because I want people to find their own style, their own ways of doing things. 
I give the analogy 5 plus 5 is 10, 9 plus 1 is 10, 3 plus 7 is 10. These are all different ways to get to 10. A lot of the time, I don't care about what your equation is. As long as you get to 10, that's all that matters. Get your ass to 10. I don't care how you got there. Just get there. It's not important how you got there because your way is going to be different than mine. I may say 5 plus 5. You may say 9 plus 1. There's nothing wrong with having different ways of getting things done as long as we get to the same end. The annoyance for me is when someone is expecting for me to tell them how to do or how to get somewhere. To me, this takes out the process of where you're learning how to do something the way that you would do it. Sometimes it is a best practice to ask after you've done something to say, hey, I did it this way. How do you think about it? Did it work? Because you made a choice, you made a decision. But to ask me how to do it is basically me doing your assignment for you. Figure it out. And I want to create a space for you to do that. That's why I'm very vague that way. That's not permission to not do anything. Do something. Make a decision, make a choice, and we'll be right back. I love sharing information with educators and program administrators. I have had so many successes, but also so many failures in my education tenure. I want leaders to know what not to do, but better than that, what to do. So, I decided to write a helpful guide, Best Practices for Center, Program, and Activity Directors. It's short and to the point. It's a compass to guide education leaders. These best practices will give you a foundation to lead your school, program, or organization. You can find Best Practices for Center, Program, and Activity Directors by Jared Cuff on Amazon or Amazon Kindle. All right, welcome back. So you're going to have to overcome problems with families. You are definitely going to work with families who have a problem and are being difficult. No matter how well you ask and answer questions, no matter how you target your solution, they're going to have a problem. But as a director, as a leader, it is your responsibility to uncover the reason for them being difficult. You have to be able to get to the real problem so that you can figure out the best solution for the family. That starts by actually listening. Sorry. That starts by actually listening to the problems. If they come to you with one or two concerns, focus on those. You do not need to talk about anything else. Now, if someone comes to you with 19 problems, they just want to complain. You don't... (laughs) You don't have to answer all 19 concerns because it's probably bullshit at that point and they just want to complain. If all of these things, all 19, all of these problems were real things, real problems, they would have come to you earlier. So you actually have to sort through them to figure out where the real conundrum is. If this family has lots of problems, I usually tackle the first two, maybe three concerns These tend to be the actual real issues. They're usually stupid stuff that comes after that, like problem number seven. I didn't like the bulletin board. Next problem. I didn't see the menu. Things like that can be fixed immediately, so I just tend to just ignore those. 
to learn the real problems, you have to ask a combination of open and leading questions. You need to know how to best help them. Get as much information from them as possible. And once you feel like you have a gist of the problem, I know this sounds silly, but you have to acknowledge the problem by saying it out loud. I'll usually say something like, I understand that, you know, this is what's bothering you. Or I understand or usually when I understand you're saying out loud what it is so that they hear you because people want to be heard at the end of the day. And so by me saying it out loud allows them to know that I'm hearing what their actual concern is. You have now listened to the problem. You've acknowledged the problem. You've asked questions to uncover the reason for the problem. It's time to give a solution to the problem. As I said earlier, make sure you know what you're talking about first before you give a solution. There's a lot that goes into the solution and we're going to talk about that on another episode. But for the sake of this conversation, you gave them an answer that was correct, whatever that may be. And you have to stick to it. Once you've answered, you need to follow up with a question that lets you know how to continue the conversation going forward. For example, how does that sound? Or what do you think about that? Or do you have any more questions? Those answers or responses that you will get will let you know if they're looking for more information or if something is unclear. This is your way of checking for understanding to make sure everyone is on the exact same page. I've had plenty of families upset about everything under the sun. But once I've taken the time to listen, acknowledge the problem, and ask questions, there's a respect there from them. Now, my objective isn't to be friends. Let's just be clear about that. But there is a level of respect that I seek. You cannot like me, but you will respect me. And I'm fine with that because I am definitely not everybody's cup of tea but you will respect me as a professional, period. Last week, I did a blog post about focusing on your children. To me, this is the number one tip that I could give any leader, center director, anyone that runs a program. It's always about focusing on your children. This is the lens through which we do every single thing and what everything should be measured against. It's all about focusing on your children. It's so simple and it's often overlooked, but it's critically important. In everything you do, if you consider the impact on and the benefits for the children, you will never go wrong. You can go to my website, www.jerichuff.com, to read this blog post and other blog posts as well. I want you all to have an amazing and productive week. This week, focus on making decisions Focus on knowing your craft, knowing your policies, knowing what you can and cannot do. And always remember to keep the focus on your children. And I'll talk to you guys next week. That's it for today. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating, review, and subscribe to the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website, which is in the show notes, to contact me. And I hope you have a great rest of your week and speak to you all soon.